This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, alone in the studio, except for our old pal, Benjamin, running the board. How's it going? There's Benjamin. Uh, Benjamin, anytime you want to just chirp in with something, you got something you want to ask David Moore, our pal in Oxnard, uh, that would be great. Uh, David, how's it going? Well, one, I assume you would rather be alone there with Benjamin than have Evan with you. At least that's... <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I don't know if you've noticed this, but when we do a Cowboys podcast and Evan's in the studio, I'm still alone, pretty much. Uh, Evan, there are there are times when Evan just kind of checks out a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> a little bit. Okay. Yeah, just a little we'll, bit. We'll go with that. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I see the, the and it's, it's early out there in Oxnard, uh, but I see the uh, the first report of the day is that the, uh, that the Cowboys have, have made offers uh, to their three big contract uh, questions, which are, of course, Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, and Amari Cooper, that would put them in the top five at their position, and they're frustrated that they have seen no movement on the, any of those deals. Yeah, and uh, I, I would be, you know, I don't, I don't want to parse words here. I don't know if I would say frustrated. I, I think they're, uh, I, I would say the tenor is they're, they're a little puzzled that uh, they can make offers to all three of these players that rank each of them among the five highest paid players at their positions, and those offers don't spark discussions. Um, you know, I, Stephen, and look. You, None of this is really surprising when you when you kind of look and read between the lines what Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones have been saying since the start of camp. Um, you know, they said offers have been out there. Uh, we haven't got as specific as like where they rank, but but you know, you knew they had to be among the top five at the position. Uh, otherwise, they they wouldn't uh, have discussions. But but I think now you're starting to see this come out because they're. Um, that the, the Cowboys are discouraged. It's kind of like, well, we're, you know, we're not going to negotiate against ourselves. And and I think now, when you look back on some other comments, uh, you know, Stephen Jones last week uh, uh, went on the ticket in Dallas and said that uh, uh, he wasn't going to go out and set the market on these guys. Um, well, this isn't setting the market; it's reflecting the market. But they're also when you talk about setting the market, a big part of that is you don't negotiate against yourself. And so I. When, when you know, the, the Cowboys feel they have at least representative offers out there, that they're willing to negotiate and understand that, look, this is just an offer. This is, these aren't our final offers, but certainly these should spark some conversation and negotiation. Um, for all three to be silent at this stage, I think they're, they're just wondering, well, what, you know, 
what more can we do because we're not going to come back uh, and and just you know up it because you don't say anything and then because that just encourages you not to say anything the next time we come back with an offer you know so uh, again it's just the, the gamesmanship part and and this is just where we are in these uh, negotiations right now. Yeah, I'm a little surprised, too, uh, because here, here's the way I, I, I'm wondering about this situation. Of course, Stephen has already said, you know, we're not setting the market. You know, we're not about to set the market on these guys. Uh, and, and, I, and I suppose the way you look at it is if any of those guys deserves to set the market, it's probably Zeke, you know. Uh, but of course, And that's the only one, right? I right. mean, it, it, would, anyone, would anyone anywhere argue that Dak Prescott or Amari Cooper – are the best players at their position and deserve to be paid as such. No. 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 And so so you're not going to set the market there. Now, now you can go above what the market – I mean, look, you can define setting the market in different ways, but, but when you look at these three players, I think there is only one where you would have a, an argument or debate saying that, well, this is the player that should be the highest-paid player at his position. Um, and In fact, I mean, what – what have we heard all offseason, basically, people talking about Dak Prescott? is like, oh, my gosh, how can you pay him that much? He's not, you know, is he really that? Uh, look at him from a talent perspective. Uh, this is grossly overpaid from where he should be. And, uh, again, not that that chatter factors into it either, but it goes into the perception and the, and the idea of where they rank from a talent perspective. And the other side of this, too, is, you know, we talked about this earlier, I think, on one of the earlier podcasts. And I always thought the Cowboys' difficulty in this would be they're paying guys at the top of the position, the nucleus of this team that they want to keep together, but they're paying to keep a team together that hasn't been past the second round of the playoffs. Usually, when these sort of contracts are doled out to, to one or more players on a team, that team has been to a Super Bowl and won it. Um, you know, That's when Russell Wilson started to get his money. That's when... Uh, ben Roethlisberger, I mean, all these other guys. Normally it's after uh, they've won a Super Bowl. It's not when they've been stopped two games short and have never gotten past that point. So there's there's a leap of faith, I think, being taken uh, uh, by the Cowboys here as well when you look at uh, how, how players often get their money in this league. But, again, from a player standpoint, that's not their representative or, or, or their position to – to minimize themselves what they should get either. They see what the market is. Uh, they weigh their relative importance to this team and go, well, this is, this is what I deserve. And that's, uh, uh, since you have players at the top of their positions, I think that's why this is taking longer than uh, anyone would like. I, I, David, I, I think there's an airplane landing in the, uh, in the studio here. I'm not sure what that, that noise is. Uh, <laughs> Benjamin, are we all right? Is everything okay? Yeah, we're good. All right, man. Holy cow, I'm not sure what that was. Um, yeah, he, 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 I don't want to sound like a, a guy. Uh, I'm, I'm a little loath to take management's side on anything because, you know, management is all about making uh, money. And, and especially in the NFL, we, we've seen what happens. These guys, for the most part, with the exception of a few quarterbacks who were, who were playing into their 40s and a, and a kicker, Phil Dawson from Lake Highlands, who just now retired at – I think Phil was was he forty four years old when he retired? 
Uh, wow, he, uh, I, he was close to mid forties. Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, phenomenal. I, I, you know, this course just also tells you how old I am. I, I once interviewed Phil when he was in high school at Lake Highlands. Uh, <laughs> but any, at any rate, uh, I don't know why you would admit that right now. But yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Okay, sure. Uh, is that uh, you know it, they're short careers, and these guys take you know they sustain more damage uh, than any other sport, and and so. For the most part, I say good for you. Get what you can while you can get it. Uh, but I, I also look at the situation a little bit uh, like uh, just for the reasons you just said. Uh, you, you know, yes, you guys have, have played pretty well, and you've done, and, and certainly Zeke has, has played more than pretty well. He's played; he's been as good as they hoped he would be. Uh, and and so, and then Mari Cooper, in the short time he's been here, he, he, he it looks like he more or less turned the franchise around all by himself, considering what uh, Dak's numbers were before and after uh, Amari Cooper showed up from Oakland. So, uh, yes, those are all things that should make you think that these guys should be making uh, pretty good money. Uh, but also not the kind of things that would uh, make you think they're going to hold the team up either. Now, and I don't want to be unfair either to, to Dak or Amari, either one, because they're in camp. You know, they're they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, sure. And and so, the, you know, this is all just up to their agents. You know, it's, it's a different story with Zeke entirely, not, you know, as, as, you, as we talked about. Of the three, he's the most deserving of, of a, you know, a, uh, a contract that sets a, a standard here. But he's also a guy who's under contract this year uh, and under contract for next year. year. But next year. Yeah. yeah two years left on the contract. Yeah, yeah. If, for that matter, they could, uh, you know, they could tag him the year after that. They could have him for the next three years if they wanted him, uh, That if they wanted to play hardball that way. Uh, I, you know, you and I both don't think the Cowboys are, or will do that or want to do that. Uh, and and I'm sure they, they do want to get something worked out with him because they do think he's that kind of player. Although – Jerry has recently uh, made some, done some saber rattling with, uh, with talk about how, yeah, you don't need to have a, a rushing champ uh, to win a, a Super Bowl. Uh, but, you know, when you're the kind of team the Cowboys are, the team has been built around uh, the running game, uh, it kind of seems to behoove you to maybe, if you've got the best running back of the NFL, maybe you ought to pay him. Yeah, so. yeah you, may, you may not need a rushing champion to, to win a Super Bowl, but do you need more than Darius Jackson? Starting, you know, yeah, that, that's that's, that's 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 probably that's right. the other side of the question. So, yeah. and, uh, and it, it's not just on him. I mean, Tony Pollard's going to be in there, and Tony Pollard's looked outstanding in this camp so far. But again, they didn't draft Tony Pollard to replace or to step into the starting role if Ezekiel Elliott wasn't here. They drafted him to complement uh, what Ezekiel Elliott does. So, uh, yeah, like I said, it's uh, and 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 at this stage to to have this. Uh, this level of discourse and and uh, posturing going back and forth—it's it's just uh, just part of the process. I don't think it's harmful. I don't think you should read too much into it. But as we've said before, the longer these things go, the more likely it is one side or the other says something uh, that just uh, it's it's kind of the you know it's. Uh, you may overlook one comment, you may overlook two, you may overlook three, but maybe that fourth or fifth comment is the one that, that pushes you over the edge. And then uh, that's when negotiations become emotional, and then that's when it's really difficult to work through things. Uh, I don't think there's animosity or it's emotion, overly emotional at this stage, but uh, that's what you always have to be uh, conscious of. 
Okay, you've, you've seen a few more practices, uh, and I want to talk to you about a couple of offensive linemen here. We've seen that you know Zach Martin has had a little trouble with his back. Uh, what, is, what is the update on him? Yeah, it's uh, uh, back irritation. He's going to uh, just sit out here. I, I wouldn't imagine he would do anything this week. Uh, I'm, you know, I think it's probably unlikely he does much of anything next week because uh, they know what level he can play. They know how tough he is. Uh, an irritated nerve, you just want it to calm down. You don't want to keep it aggravated. So I think they will uh, give him all the rest he can, keep his condition in order, and then maybe I, I would imagine he would start working back in once they get back to Dallas. Uh, no one has said that specifically, but a player at his level. And, look, this has – you know, I, I, I hesitate to even mention it next to uh, – in the same breath as Travis Frederick because there's absolutely no indication whatsoever uh, this is uh, what Travis Frederick had to go through with his autoimmune disease uh, last year. But having just gone through that with Frederick last year – um, I, I think it's uh, kind of human nature to go, okay, well, let's just give him a few more days here when you're thinking about letting him back in because you don't want to uh, push this thing. Would it be too bold to say that Zach Martin, other than maybe Zeke Elliott, is the most important part of that run game for the Cowboys? I, I think you have to throw Tyron Smith in there, too. I mean, I know he's on the outside, and that's more about pass protection. But yeah, you you could probably you could probably argue that. I mean, I think he's the he's certainly the best of their interior linemen, uh, and, and I think you can make a pretty strong argument that he is the best guard in the league. So from that standpoint, yeah, I think he's as or more important than anyone else to that uh, run game. Uh, with Elliott or whoever is carrying the ball behind this offensive line, yeah, yeah. So that's why you want to keep him healthy. And, and you know, it's, it's the same thing with with Zeke when you when they held him out of the last two preseason games last year. And just what you said about uh, Zach Martin, you, you know what he's going to do. He, you know, he stepped right into the NFL and was terrific. I mean, you know, it, it was it, there was there was never a missed beat with this guy. Uh, he's just played at an unbelievably high level for a long time. Uh, I would if he if you had to sit him out the in, entire preseason uh, to make sure that you thought he was healthy, I would do that. Uh, I, oh, I, sure, I wouldn't sure. push it. I wouldn't push it with him at all. Uh, so now I want to because you just mentioned a little bit too. I wanted to ask you about Travis Frederick as well. A very fascinating story because of the Guillain-Barre syndrome that he suffered from last year. You know, we we've talked about you know you, there's all kinds of uh, recovery for these people who who've been victimized by this terrible thing. And, and sometimes there's some issues that, you know, that stay with people forever. They they never get rid of. Ha, have you seen any, any indications that, that Travis has not, is, has not recovered completely? Um, no, he, he looks better out here now than he did at any point last year. Um, you know, last year at this time, everyone was looking at him going, Boy, he hasn't he hasn't looked good. He's he's getting beat in these individual drills. Uh, guys are kind of overpowering him and, and and knocking him to the ground. And I mean, he was on the ground more last year than his first five years in the league that I can remember. So clearly something wasn't right. You're you're not seeing that out here this year. Now, now that being said, he's he's to this day he's only taken part in two 
padded practices. Uh, but he says, and, and, and uh, the training staff and doctors here say, that's not about Jan Bure. That's about him coming off off-season shoulder surgery, and they don't want him pounding on that shoulder too much too early in camp. Um, he's moving around well. You know, I, I still think there's got to be uh, – it, it, it's hard to completely tell in these settings because it, it is not – um, you know, even a preseason game, I'm interested to see him in a preseason game because that's going to be a little different than what they go through out here, uh, closer to what you're going to see in the regular season. But uh, he's uh, he's looked pretty good out here. I, I, he hasn't stood out among the offensive linemen, but he but he but he he hasn't been uh, a weak link, which is what he was last year. So I think that's that's an encouraging sign for uh, Frederick and his offensive line to this point. Yeah. Uh, it, it, so if if Travis Frederick is ready to go and, and to play full time, so what happens to Joe Looney then? Does he become uh, he just like your super backup on the inside of the interior of the line at that point? Yeah, he's your backup center and uh, also backup guard, one of your backup guards. Yeah, uh, they'll I mean, obviously, they'll have. Uh, the the rookie Connor McGovern is going to be the other backup guard. He has now he hasn't done anything yet because he's still trying to get his strength back from a, a, a pec tear uh, that he suffered in the off season. So he hasn't been out there, but he's going to. I mean, what they saw before he suffered the uh, uh, pectoral tears, they really like this guy and and uh, uh, like his future. So he's going he's going to be on this team going forward and. And, you know, in both the offensive and the defensive line, um, I, I think they have some players where you get toward the end of camp, if they find themselves short anywhere, if there's an injury that pops up, or if they uh, feel, you know, well, we, we, we do need another safety in here. I, I think they can move uh, one of their offensive linemen or defensive linemen in a trade uh, toward the end of camp to, uh, uh, to supplement another position because I, I think they have – uh, I, I think right now, as constructed, uh, the Cowboys are going to cut offensive linemen and defensive linemen. And I'm saying this in multiple, more more than one. I think they're going to cut more than one offensive lineman and more than one defensive lineman uh, that are going to wind up uh, being part of rotations on, on other teams around the league because uh, most teams are so talent-thin in those positions. Uh, that's a pretty remarkable statement, too, considering the fact that the you know the Cowboys, you know, and of course they've had this reputation for this great offensive line. I'm not sure that it's been as great the last couple of years as it was at one time, and maybe it can return to that. But it, certainly there were questions about depth in that offensive line. It always seemed like there was one position where they were a little short. Uh, and and last year with, with Connor Williams trying to, to to play guard, looked like he wasn't really physically ready for that type of thing. I don't know what you've seen of him so far. Does he look noticeably stronger, better, uh, more acclimated to the system than he was last year? All three of those, yeah. He, he looks really good. Uh, in fact, you know, I think he, he was one of the guys that won one of their off-season uh, workout uh, awards. Uh, he He's a guy who gets a card out here. You get a card in training camp, which may not sound like a big deal, but after uh, – uh, all the all the work they put in, uh, it's a it's a pretty nice perk to have uh, to not have to walk all the way back on the other side of the complex to your room. You can just hop in your cart and go. So he's looked, yeah, he is he is physically uh, 
much more imposing than he was last year, and he's uh, he's looked really good here so far. They're they're very very uh, happy about where he is at this moment. So, so he, yeah, I, I think uh, so. You plug him back in now, and and you get at left guard. Back. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they they uh, they really like how this is shaping up, and then Connor McGovern's going to be your primary. Uh, backup guard at one point. Uh, Looney will also do that. Also, your backup center. Uh, and and McGovern, when he gets back out here too, I mean they're going to give him some uh, uh, snaps at center. They'll they'll want him. They don't want him just to be a guard. They'll want him to do several positions. Is that right? So uh, yeah. So and they, and they do that with all these. And really, you know, they're only going to carry eight offensive linemen. So they want to. Uh, they want the three other guys they carry uh, to be able to fill in at least two positions. Um, you know, it, again, when, when you have, you know, three guys backing up five, uh, you, you have to have some coverage there. You can't have them just dedicated to one position. Uh, it's like Cameron Fleming. He can play either left guard or, I mean, uh, left tackle or right tackle. And right. he's, he, he's key for them. Uh, and he is the, he is the quality signing they made in the wake of, Oh my gosh! Look what happened to us when Tyron Smith went down against Atlanta right. two years ago with the eight sacks. We can't, we can no longer put ourselves in this position. We have to get a, a proven guy behind Tyron Smith, and that's what they did. So they, they feel very good about their depth. Really, uh, as I said, on both sides of the ball. Okay, you you mentioned this a little bit too. I'm gonna switch over to the other side. Uh, you talked about on uh, defense if they wanted to make a move uh, to supplement an area they thought they were not performing well. I saw that Xavier Woods had a an interception the other day. We had poor Jason Witten lying flat on his face uh, on the turf, and, and Xavier is running off. Uh, how is uh, how are the Cowboys looking at, at safety right now? Well, Xavier Woods, if you had to, if you wanted to. At this point, say what player has had the best camp? Uh, Xavier Woods would be in the discussion for number one. Uh, he's been outstanding. You know, he missed the first couple of days because uh, he, uh, with the birth of his child, he stayed back and came out here, and so actually started a couple of days behind everybody else. Uh, but he's been outstanding. He has three interceptions uh, to this point in camp. He's, he's putting himself in position to make plays. He's making them. Uh, the significance of that, too, is they, they've always liked Xavier Woods, but uh, he's a guy who shows up in the games and he hasn't always practiced consistently at a high level. Uh, so, so to see him doing this in practice, I think they're very encouraged by it because they just assume he's going to be even a little bit better in the games because that's what he's been throughout his career with them. So uh, they take this as a, a significant sign of improvement. Uh, Jeff Heath, I know a lot of people like to rag on him, but I, he, he's been solid out here. Uh, could you upgrade that position? Sure. And, and I think that's what um, you may be able to do um, toward the end of this camp going into the, you know, at the end of the preseason, going into the regular season uh, with your surplus in, in the offensive and defensive line. If there's a, a veteran safety out there you want to plug in, uh, plug them in. But, uh, um, they, like I said, and, and, and you know, even even Darian Thompson is a guy here who's actually done some things. One of the backup safeties, one guy who is not. You know, they signed a veteran Georgia Loca uh, to to give them a little bit of depth at safety. Uh, he's been running third team by and large, which is not really a good sign this deep into camp. Um, so I, I think that's an indication that 
they might be on the look for a uh, veteran safety unless uh, Georgia Loca makes a, a run here to, to move up the depth chart. Of course, Eric Berry is, is hanging around out there, and I know his name has come up uh, uh, as a possibility for the Cowboys. Could you see them uh, doing that? Uh, who? I'm sorry. Eric Berry. Eric Berry. Um, yeah, he's, uh, again, I think that's uh, depending on the price, sure. I mean, he has a, a proven track record. The issue there are, are injuries, um, and, and this is – this is a young team overall. I mean, I think they would lean toward a younger player that they could develop or or a veteran player who doesn't have the injury history uh, that Barry does. But Barry's such a quality person and such a quality player when he's healthy. Um, I'd, I, guess, I guess the best way to phrase it is he's you would always keep him on the radar because of those qualities I just mentioned. But I don't think he's at the uh, uh, top of their list right now or they feel this is something we're definitely going to pursue at this moment. Yeah, to me, and, and I understand what you're saying about developing guys, but to me that that's the whole idea is that and I feel like that was the, the appeal of Earl Thomas, not only that he's, he's still playing at a very high level, but he is – you know, a, a great leader, a guy who has who has done great things in this league. And, and at some point, you just like to mix in a few of those kind of guys in with a young defense or or the, or the offense, either one. You know, it's just nice to have sure. uh, a couple of those guys available. And I, and I would imagine that as it gets to the end of camp, or every day his price goes down a little bit more um, unless some people come up with some significant injuries here at some point. Uh, yeah. I, I don't and as we've seen too, I mean, other teams value safeties more than the Cowboys. And, yeah. And just like the Cowboys have an excess in the offensive and defensive line, uh, there are probably a few teams out there that have safeties that are uh, certainly better than what the Cowboys here have from a depth perspective because they place a little more value on that or a little bit more of a premium. So you go and you uh, you you pluck one of those guys uh, off the waiver wire, or like I said, you. Uh, maybe if you want to upgrade a bit and you just uh, make a move here because there are I, – I, I will say this. I think it's, it's, <clears throat> it will be easier for this team to pick up uh, a safety late in training camp that would be able to help them than it would be for another team to pick up a offensive lineman or defensive lineman late in camp that would be able to help them. So yeah. I think that gives uh, – the Cowboys uh, some pretty good uh, bargaining power late if if uh, if they're able to use and want to use it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's easier to walk in at safety than it is an offensive line. That's almost impossible. Um, I want to go to we, we've covered both sides of the ball now. So now I want to ask you about something that uh, that uh, Bill Barnwell of ESPN dot com wrote uh, uh, today, and it talks about. Uh, predicting, you know, and we're getting the things like Pythagorean, you know, uh, expectations, you know, which to me is always a little creepy, starts to, starts to sound like math, and that, that always yeah. just, you know, makes me retreat into my shell. That's why I majored in journalism, because I didn't want to do math. Uh, so at any rate, uh, you know, last year, because of the point differential only being plus 15 for the Cowboys in that 10 and 6 record, He's projecting the possibility that uh, that they could uh, uh, win fewer games this year than ten. I, I said eleven. I think you said eleven. Um, and he's basing that, of course, on the fact that they just barely outscored their opponents last year. Let me ask you this: Do you think that the that that 
concerns the Cowboys, and that is one of the reasons why that uh, that Scott Linehan is no longer the offensive coordinator here, and Kellen Moore is. Well, that's that's some of it, and now I, I will say that that point differential got better in the second half a, a little bit, and so do you look do you look at the season overall, or do you look at the trend late? Uh, now, also saying that the offense wasn't really explosive late either. No. Um, so, you know, and, and the, the reason the margin was so small is because the, the Cowboys didn't have a consistent explosive passing game and because the defense, as good as it was, didn't force turnovers. Uh, you know, you, you got to get some short fields. You got to get. Uh, you got to get a few defensive touchdowns to throw in here and there. You got to get more out of the return game that they did to kind of flip the field in order to for that scoring margin to go up. Um, so I, I understand that, and that's a legitimate argument. But then I would say I would go back to the New Orleans game and, and look what they did to New Orleans and, and how yeah, and that game was close. And, and the thing is, the more the more close games you put yourself in the more opportunities you have to lose those games, if, if that makes sense. I sure. mean, you, know, you, yeah. you say you're giving yourself a chance to win the game, but if your talent, you know, I, I think that was the other thing that's been uh, uh, difficult for this team and, and, and where I agree with what he's doing there is that, you know, not every game, you don't want every game to be hard and to be a mental and physical grind. Over the course of a season, very few good teams are are in a position where they're in the middle of the fourth quarter every week and you don't know if they're going to win or lose, where like every single snap matters. Right. Uh, people talk about a physical toll, but that takes a tremendous mental toll on a team where you have to really, we're going to have to be perfect over these next, you know, uh, eight minutes here every single game at the end when you're fatigued. Uh, that that's a lot to push through. So I, I've always thought that the best teams, uh, they're going to win most of the close games they're in, and you're going to be in close games in this league. But you need to have those 35-10 games. You need to have those 28-14 uh, games. And the Cowboys don't have enough of those. And I think that gets back to play calling. And I think it gets back to, you know what, you – Imposing your will, great, but impose your will by, you know, getting up 28 to 10 and then managing the rest of the game. Don't, you know, manage the game early and then find yourself in a fight going into the final four minutes. And, and yeah, as exhilarating as that is uh, to, to win those games, and, and, and the Cowboys win more of those than they lose in the fourth quarter on close games, uh, it's, it's also exhausting. So I... I, I do agree with the standpoint that uh, the, the point differential is something you should look at to give a, you an idea of the relative strength of a team, and uh, uh, that you you need boy out of a 16 game season, you would like to think there would be a quarter of it, at least four, uh, maybe five games a year where you're not going into the uh, final 10 minutes of the game with the game undecided that you're actually going into it trying to manage it. Um, and the Cowboys just weren't in that situation enough last year. Of course, they were fighting from behind from the start. And so often these things get uh, come down to how do you get off to start the season. 
Um, but, you know, that, that team, uh, the, the rookie team with Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott three years ago, what did they do? They would jump out and you would look up uh, and they'll go into the fourth quarter and they would be up 21 to 7. And so it's a much different game going into the fourth sure. yeah. than, if it's, than if you're tied or if you're behind. So uh, it, if they jump out like that early in games and they jump out to and they have a game or two early in the season where they win by 14, 17 points, and uh, it's just not physically and emotionally draining for them to get through the game, then I think they put themselves in a pretty good spot, and something like that can turn pretty quickly. I think uh, you brought up a, a great point about, uh, you know, we, we talk all the time about the offense and the lack of imagination and the play calling and all of that, and, and certainly those are valid uh, criticisms of the Cowboys. But they didn't give themselves enough help in other areas. We, we know about the defense not uh, providing turnovers, and that's certainly an issue as well. The uh, Cowboys have not done that uh, well in the last few years. Um, but the other one, too, was in the return game. The, the Cowboys more or less just conceded the return game. It's like, yeah, we're not going to get anything out of this. You know, they would, you know, when Tavon Austin wasn't able to do that, they put Cole Beasley back and basically told him, just catch the ball. Don't, don't go anywhere because you're just going to get blown up. Uh, and as we saw, you know, that was part of the deal with Cole. As, as, as great uh, a possession receiver as he was and as, as, you know, a turning point in the season, making that diving catch in the back of the end zone against the Giants, an unbelievably great play. He was not big on yards after catch. And so uh, I, I, I'm wondering here two, a couple of things. One, with what Randall Cobb offers uh, at, the, at the slot receiver, someone who is more explosive after the catch, and also, uh, who's going to be returning uh, kicks and punts, you think, for the Cowboys this year? Well, I think uh, um, punts, I think, is going to be uh, Tavon Austin and uh, Randall Cobb as well. I think he's another. Uh, you know, they've been working out here. They, they, they've worked a few other guys, but it's like a, a Reggie Davis and some guys who are just trying to find a spot on the roster. I, I think when the season starts, you'll see Tavon Austin and, and Randall Cobb will be their primary punt returners. Uh, I don't think there's any question that uh, Tony Pollard is going to be their kickoff return guy. Now, you don't get a lot of kickoff returns uh, in this league anymore, but when you have an opportunity to do it, uh, his north-south speed and his, his ability to make something happen, uh, there's no doubt in my mind they feel he's a weapon back there on kickoff returns. So I think those those are going to be the players that you see. Uh, now the question, again, in the punt game is, both of these guys are, are older veterans, and you certainly seen Tavon Austin found it difficult to stay on the field. So when you know you, you have your primary punt guy who gives you something, uh, but if, if he's not out there week in and week out, what are you getting out of the punt return game? So that's that's something they're working through out here. But those are those are the names I would uh, anticipate would be there once the season starts. Yeah, we saw what Tavon offered at the end of last year uh, when all of a sudden he was available on on punt returns, and and it just made it made a huge difference. And you, you look at the end of the year, and you and you look at the guys' return averages, and uh, and you think, well, then what's what's the big deal here? It's nine and a half, it's ten, whatever. You know, okay, that's that's not bad. But punters are really good in this league now, and they can do a lot of things in the directional punting and that kind of stuff, and kind of mitigate a lot of uh, of the things that these guys offer. But you're just asking these guys, really, just give us three or four punts a year where you put us, either you return one all the way or you put us in really good position. And, and sometimes that's, that just makes all the difference in the world. And the Cowboys 
just simply weren't getting that. Uh, and, and I think that plus when you see that kind of thing happen, that's a big jolt for a team as well uh, to see, see a guy uh, take off on a big return. Oh, yeah, and again, if you're not getting turnovers, you want to flip the field in some way, and the, and the best way to do it is in the return game, in the punt return game. And again, too often the, the Cowboys were in a position of you know, just fielding the punt, so even when their defense was playing well, you'd look up two to three offensive possessions later after the, the defense held them to it, uh, you know, the Cowboys' defense would, would force a three-and-out or a four-and-out or a five-and-out pretty consistently. Um and you'd look up, and, and really the Dallas offense hadn't gained much field position out of it. And, and so suddenly uh, you're not getting anything in the return game, and now you have uh, a 70-yard drive, and uh, you're plugging away, and you're not getting any big plays in your passing game. And so you hold the ball for eight, nine plays, but you know, you're only just barely getting past midfield, and you're punting it back. So you're you're incrementally winning the field position war, but uh, the game just turns into a slog, and uh, that happened too often because they just didn't have they they were unable to flip the field last year. I thought, yeah, I thought special teams uh, were were a overall were a uh, a negative for them last year in the return game. Yeah, so let's let's talk about one last thing before we get out of here. But I wanted to ask you, so so I want to end on the the, the question always about the quarterback on how how Dak Prescott is looking to you in this camp so far. He looks good. He he doesn't look. He hasn't had as many uh, outstanding day, day, days as I think we saw in like OTAs and and uh, the mini camp. Uh, but he's been good. And, and as he said before, there are. You know he's working on some throws here. Some some of his interceptions uh, have been he's working on throws to get a feel for whether or not he can do it in a game. And he's not afraid to look bad in practice because he's looking on something to determine what is the risk reward to take that into a game and can I pull this off? So uh, as we said, he's never been an outstanding uh, practice player, but but I will say he he looks a little more. Um, He's getting the ball off a little quicker at times, it appears to me. And to me, that is significant because what they wound up with 56, 57 sacks last year. Yeah, way uh, too many. Second most in franchise history. Yeah. And uh, uh, talking to him the other day, I asked, well, how, when you reviewed it, how many would you say um, were your, you know, would, would you place it to your feet? I mean, and. Uh, he said 50, and then correct him. So he said, oh, wait, I'm saying 50%, not 50 of the sacks. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, that was a lot, 50, holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. I said, well, I kind of knew you weren't going to take 50 of them. Yeah. I kind of knew you weren't going to take 50 to 57, but, but uh, so that, it, it, just for thing. Just for, for some perspective, 35 is pretty much, you know, that that's what you would think of as a more reasonable number. So 56 is, yes. is way over what it, what it should be. Yes. And what does that do to your offense when your offense is, is not a big strike offense? That's why they were just playing with too thin a margin of error last year. So, like, I, again, the, the point differential is very valid, but, but if you drop from 56, 57 sacks down to 35, which should be a reasonable goal, uh, you take those negative plays out, you get, um, let's say now that you have Cooper all year and, and Gallup, who has looked really, really good in this camp, uh, let's say you get 
um, eight to ten bowls, deep bowls over the course of the year that you didn't complete last year. And let's say you get uh, five, six returns that equaled or above what you got in the return game last year. Now, suddenly, I, I think you score a lot more points, and that point differential looks a lot different. So it, it really is a it, it's a it's a thin line between success and failure on some of these things sometimes. And I think the I think the Cowboys are right on the line. They just kind of had their foot on the wrong side of the line last year. But I don't think it's too much to uh, expect them to have their foot on the other side of the line this year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. This is all the reasons why I, I'm picking them to go to eleven and five. This is a team that has a lot of good talent, a lot of good depth, I, much more than I've seen this team in a long time. Uh, and 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 not only is it good talent and good depth, but there's there's not a lot of goofballs on this team either. Uh, and and no. and you know the, the, that's the Cowboys have had to wade through all of that as well. You, what you see is a lot of guys. Willing to work hard, uh, guys who are willing to do their jobs, uh, you know, upstanding guys, uh, and 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 basically, you know, one of the youngest teams in the NFL. And so, uh, I, and I don't. A key point too, yeah. Who 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 are these who are these players in a key position are on the downside of their career? Right. That that that's that's the issue for me is that all these guys or on their way up. I don't know if it means they're going yep. to a Super Bowl this year. I know that's what Gil Brandt says. Uh, and, and you know what? And Gil, we trust. Uh, so uh, we'll see. Uh, but uh, I do think the Cowboys uh, have the ability to get to the NFC Championship game this year. Uh, I, I think that with everything they have going for them uh, across the board, uh, it, it all points that way. And, and, and to, the, to your point about Bill, what Bill Barnwell wrote, uh, I see what he's saying, but I also agree with you that uh, a lot of things changed over the course of last year. And if if they if they stay healthy and and if those those trends continue on an upward path, I see them being a better offense and a better team overall. David, that's going. What about Frederick just being back in there, making the calls and noticing the defensive alignments and where the pressure is going to come from? That's significant as well. Well, absolutely. We about so there. Yeah, yeah, and then that's part of also of the whole depth question. You know, when have they been this deep in the offensive line? Uh, you know, uh, now they could get a bunch of guys hurt, and you know, and Zach Mark could be a, a problem all season along with his back, and and who knows where it goes from there. Uh, but that's that's the case with every team. You know, you you know, sure. no no team can afford to lose a player of the caliber of, of Zach Martin, you know. Uh, so so everybody, you know, uh, no no team goes to the Super Bowl unless it has had a pretty healthy season. And, and, uh, and of course, I guess we could look at the Eagles as an exception because of what they lost at quarterback and won a, quarter, uh, a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. I don't think the Cowboys could do that, frankly. Uh, but that's a, that's a discussion for another day. David, thanks for coming on. Uh, it's been great having you to talk about all this stuff. It's been it's been amazingly clutter free. I, I guess that you know I, I don't want to say that's because because Evan's not here, uh, but let's just go ahead and say that. Oh, I think we both know that's the case. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, have a good time out there, and uh, we'll be talking to you next week. Will do. Thanks a lot. All right, there goes David Moore, and uh, and uh, make sure you also tune in on our Rangers podcast. Evan Grant on the road in Cleveland uh, had some good stuff to talk about the the team this year and about the, the performance of Mike Miner, who pitched seven innings, uh, uh, shutout innings uh, on Monday. Uh, another uh, good performance by him, uh, a nice bounce back anyway from where he's been recently. And of course, our Cowboys podcast. 
So from everybody in here to everybody out there, thanks, and we'll see you. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.